0: thought i'd let there be an uncomfortable pause there for a 2nd see what you would do what's up everybody it's the power (laughs) rankings podcast uh, aka the power ranking show i'm your host elliot harrison and i am uh pleased to be joined as always with uh the one and only the uh frankly recovering at marcus underscore mosher how are you sir are you Uh, feeling better
1: i am feeling a little bit better sorry that i missed last week uh
0: It's all right. We're we're back to normal. We're
1: back to 100%.
0: I just like looking at you and Courtney's face when I don't say anything right after the wipe, because I always do, and you guys are like, what's he doing? What's he doing? I expect nothing else at this point. It was three seconds of fun. Uh, I'll cut it out later. There's there's, Yeah, I insert bad joke there. Uh, So, Yeah, uh, too much has happened in the football world since we were last on. Um, Obviously, the uh, the little news trickles in here and there. Marcus, have one little item we want to talk about today, but it, this is the part of the year where people are looking towards the combine, and then of course free agency right after the combine, and then we'll hit draft season. But this was yeah, always buddy. a really quiet time. Yeah, the the, t- the two weeks after the Super Bowl was always just kind of like a lull, and it's a much needed lull. And I know, are you already watching like you know potential seventh round tight ends with your friends and cheese and oh, crackers? Yeah yeah we I, we've been
1: watching draft film for a few weeks
0: now NFL combine starts
1: next Thursday looking forward to that and then pretty shortly after we get free agencies so it's a busy time in the NFL world
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh one of my buddies, good friend of mine, uh, Michael, I got to see him and his wife this weekend, and he he listens to our podcast sometimes. And he told me, he said, you know, sometimes I feel like Marcus is just trying to move it along, move it along. And I was like, yeah, it's because he, he wants to mini- minimize my airtime. And he was like, oh, okay, well, that makes total sense. So. That was good. It's I mean, if we just, if we just sat here and
1: talked the whole time, it'd be three hour podcasts and nobody would ever get through. So I,
0: I, yeah. I agree. So we are going to get to what our main focus is today is Marcus is going to be ranking the uh, new coaching hires. Uh, there's five of them to look at, and we're going to do that <clears throat> just on the news and notes front though. Um, Marcus and I talked on the phone earlier and we we're talking about uh, the Titans letting go of Taylor Lewan and uh, Bobby trees. And, uh, you know, first, I, I want to get your reaction to this, but I, I just would say like about a month and a half ago, I posited to you on this podcast, like maybe the Titans should kind of, I hate to say blow it up, but, but restart here, especially when your best player is a uh, running back going into his eighth year. You don't have a young quarterback. You do have a young quarterback, but the young quarterback you do have looks uh, just not ready yet. Uh, I think that's a fair criticism. Uh, so we're talking about the Titans, of course. And and uh, first of all, your thoughts on the and Robert Woods.
1: Yeah. So first of all,
0: that's not what we were talking about on the phone. We were talking about our
1: favorite parts of the Rocky movies, but it just happened to slip <laughs> in there that Taylor Luwan and Robert Woods got released as we were talking. So just to be clear, but the Luwan news isn't surprising. I think he's played 20 games over the last three years. He's constantly been hurt. Not really all that surprising. Now the Robert Woods one is because... That's somebody who the Titans gave up a second round pick for. Um, they gave him a lot of money last year. And frankly, I still think he's a good player. And now that he's a free agent, I expect him to have a pretty strong market. But I think you're right. I think I think the Titans have realized, you know what? We can't compete with the Chiefs with and all the Bengals and the Bills. With this current roster, we got to start shedding some cap. Uh, and say, get some, some space to make some moves. So I applaud them. I know it's not an easy thing to move on from some veterans like this, but uh, it's what needed to be done.
0: I mean, in their current configuration um, they're the, the problem is the AFC is just loaded. They're, yep. they're jacked. So, you know, I, I, I think um, what I, the way I see it is their quarterback situation with Ryan Tannehill again, I already mentioned Derrick Henry, uh, I, I just think the smart thing to do would be to kind of retool and rebuild. Otherwise, okay, let's say you go 10 and 7. Who wants to go 10 and 7, 11 and 6, and 12 and 5 and get bounced in the divisional round every but, year? Not that I would but, know a team that does that, but... Do you retool with Ryan Tannehill
1: under center? Like, are you thinking about moving him? Are you thinking about moving Derrick Henry or... Bingo. Is just, or is this just a I. You know, to relook at this team and like, you know, these guys weren't helping us that much anyways. We're going to keep our core, but we can add two or three
0: contributors with this extra money to help us. Maybe so. I would have liked to see the team approach last year's draft a little bit differently if that's the case. But, you know, to me, there's going to be there'd be a couple of teams out there, I think, that would be interested in Derrick Henry. The kind of teams that have the focus of doing what the Bucks did in 2020, doing what the Rams did in 2021, doing what the 49ers did in 2022, which is going for it. And yes, we know the 49ers didn't win at all, uh, extenuating circumstances somewhat there. The Eagles went for it all. Um, you know, who would maybe Miami look at a guy like Derrick Henry with a coach that likes to run the football, that's creative about running the football, that's relying on a running back and Raheem Mostert, who I like a lot, but has not exactly been the most reliable in terms of being able to stay on the field. Or do you think that's too far fetched?
1: It's not a bad idea, although they run that wide zone and I'm just not sure if that's the best fit for Derrick Henry. I understood. I think he's better at coming downhill. Um, But what about the same with the Niners, the Bengals? Yeah, so yeah. Joe Mixon, they can release Joe Mixon this offseason and save $10 million. Savashe P. Ryan is a free agent. Joe Mixon also got arrested uh, a couple of weeks ago. We didn't even touch on that story, but I think he put Derrick Henry on that offense, and you're constantly seeing light boxes.
0: You Maybe jumped me a little bit. You jumped me a little bit because I was going to ask you what about the Bengals uh, because they're a team that likes to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they have Joe Burrow, but there are times when they just give Mixon and P. Ryan the rock and, they, you know, you, you got to figure the Bengals are going to be ahead in a lot of games or trying to protect a lead. They need to run out that clock. And this is a team whose time is absolutely now. There's no question about that. The Bengals have a really good team. They lost in the AFC championship. They lost in the Super Bowl the year before. Why not squeeze Derrick Henry into that lineup and just go for it? Go yep. get get a Lombardi trophy. For those of you who don't know, the Bengals have never won a Super Bowl. They they they've played in three of them and they're oh and three. All against the NFC West, uh, incidentally. So I like I that. Any team. other teams? Yeah, I got go one ahead. more.
1: What about mm-hmm. the Ravens? Right now, they obviously have some other running backs. J.K. Dobbins entering the last year of his rookie contract. They have Gus Edwards under contract. But if you want an s- offense that's just going to run the ball down the hill and that's multi-dimensional with Lamar Jackson, assuming he's coming back, I could see Derrick Henry having a lot of success in Baltimore
0: if they didn't already have two backs that seemed to work well together, I think the lions would be a great fit with their coach and their uh, help. Jared Goff out that Jared Goff had a great year, but he had his struggles on the road. If they could run the ball a little bit better on the road, I think the lions would be more of a 11 and six team and not a nine and eight team. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I, I, you know, Dan Campbell would love to do that. Dan Campbell, former blocking tight end. Um, so, okay. Um, Overall, though, I, I don't know if the Titans play the Raiders this year. But if they play uh the Raiders uh, you know, on the road, even with, you know, no Derrick Henry potentially, no Bobby Trees, if they trade Ryan Tanhill, you know, if they're totally depleted, do you think Mike Vrabel would maybe look at Josh McDaniels and say, I didn't come to Vegas to lose?
1: There's our first Rocky Code of the podcast. We've That's got very money coming. Don't worry.
0: Terrible, long walk set up for a Rocky Balboa that's, that's very, Sorry. Is There'll it a more. hot opinion to say Rocky Balboa might have actually been a little bit better movie than Creed, even though Creed gets all the love? Well, it's certainly better than Rocky 5. We don't even
1: have to have that conversation. Yeah. yeah. But-
0: it's better than Creed 2. I'll tell you that for yeah, sure. I agree. 100%. I don't agree with you on your Rocky 2 takes, but we're not here to get your Rocky takes. We're here to get your head coaching hire takes. Mm. Uh, we got five of them. Um, a couple of them were handled really quickly and a couple of them strung out for weeks. So let's start with number five. What what are you saying is the, uh, yeah. I guess, <laughs> weakest coaching hire? Uh, it's well,
1: let's just be honest. The Arizona Cardinals didn't have the best options here, right? Because I don't think there was a lot of coaching candidates that wanted to come to Arizona and coach Kyler Murray, but they did hire Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, to me, this one feels very Matt Patricia-like. Like, hey, mm. you got you just got uh, a ton of points scored on you in the Super Bowl. Here's a head coaching job uh, for your troubles. Um, I don't know, man. He's really young. He's really green. And I, I've got some real doubt that this is going to work out.
0: Yeah, so a couple of things on this. No, number one, okay, the Super Bowl thing, look, Guys have bad days, right? Uh I think Kyle Shanahan's the best coach in the league right now. And he he didn't have his best day against the Patriots not running the ball, you know, to protect that twenty eight three lead when he was the Falcons OC. That said, you look at the Eagles personnel on defense, and they should have played a lot better than that.
1: Well, um, not only that is whenever over the last two years, whenever they've played a decent offense, mm-hmm. they've given up a ton of points. Like Think of the Dallas game this year where
0: the Cowboys rush. Yeah.
1: Well, not that one. They scored four. The Cowboys scored 40. The Chiefs scored 38 or whatever it was Uh, last year against Tampa. Tampa Bay's offense looked dead and they gave up 30 ish points or whatever. I just, I think it's a defense that did really well against bad quarterbacks, but whenever they play a good quarterback, they
0: really didn't have a lot of answers. You talking about the playoff game against Tampa? Yep. Yeah. You know, the Eagles pass rusher that was actually pushing the pocket in that game. This is a random poll here. Tell me. This is Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah. W- was pushing yeah. the pocket for the Eagles in that game. Uh, totally random, but uh, Ryan Kerrigan, really good player. But I'm with you on this one. The other thing, you, you're talking about him being young and green. I don't know that I want a young and green coach to be dealing with Kyler Murray. Nope. I, I, I mention this guy all the time on the podcast, so I apologize. I'm going to give him another mention. But, boy, I'd love to see Bill Parcells handle Kyler Murray because I think he'd put he just him in his wouldn't. place really quick or he just wouldn't <laughs> exactly yeah. um so i'm i'm with you on this one and as you said I, who knows who they could have gotten um uh, at this point but let's go to your number 4
1: yeah frank Wright with the uh, carolina panthers not a bad hiring at all i know this one comes in at number 4 but i actually kind of like this one i think frank got a bad deal in indianapolis the the gm did not solve his quarterback issue at all they put together a pretty flawed roster and They were pretty competitive every single year, except for 2022. I do think Frank Wright is a a B minus as a head coach. I think he's a good candidate for, for Carolina. You know uh, you've changed your tune a little bit on him. I think you've uh, it's just, it was clear that it wasn't working in Indianapolis, but it doesn't mean that you can't have success elsewhere.
0: Funny, funny story about Frank Reich. So going into the 2018 uh, season, I did was doing the power rankings for NFL Network and I had them 32nd because Andrew Luck, if you recall, hadn't p- picked up a football. Yep. Forget throwing. He hadn't picked up a ball like the entire offseason. I'm like, no one knew Andrew Luck was going to have the kind of year he had in 2018. Well, he was fantastic. So anyway, Frank Reich and the Colts make it to the, the playoffs. I think they made it the last day of the season or something. And he held up. A printout of power rankings and said, "Guys, this is what they think thought of us at the beginning of the year." <laughs> and the people at the network were like, "He's holding up your power rankings." So yeah, it was it was kind of funny, you know. He's sitting there holding up an article, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, yep. you know." But he's going to have the same he's going
1: to have the same problems in Carolina that he did in Indianapolis. It's like unless you get that franchise quarterback, it's going to be really hard to be successful in the NFC. So I'm holding out hope because I do think he designs a pretty good offense. I think he calls a pretty good game, but I want to see what they do
0: kind of finding that
1: next franchise quarterback.
0: You were about as entertained by my story about Frank Reich as, as you were for Rocky five. No, I would say, yeah, it's about that. Rocky five was way worse. Believe me. If you saw a coach, (laughs) Holding up your pro football focus article. Yeah, I know. At, it's... At the, after they make the playoffs, and saying this is what people think of us. This right here, and you're like, uh, okay, yeah, not good.
1: To be honest, I was looking up, making sure I knew how to pronounce the name of our next coach. So go ahead.
0: Oh, that's all right. It was just a very weird moment. And I had to address it on our show. So uh, anyway, we thought it was mine. Maybe it wasn't mine. It wasn't my fault. Okay, let's go to number three. Speaking uh, number three. Of,
1: yeah, yeah, the Indianapolis Colts who fired. Frank, right? Uh, Shane Steichen, um, the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. I kind of think his offense is pretty basic uh, that he runs, uh, that he ran in Philadelphia. It was a lot of one read stuff, a lot of uh, RPO read zone. Uh, but I did really like his press conference. I like how he was talking about how you you throw to get a lead, and then you run to win at the end of the games, and how they're going to be aggressive. and I, I don't know how much credit to give him because of the
0: offense, because they were so talented. Uh, But I think it's a worthwhile gamble here. Interesting. I didn't think you would have this one this high. I have two thoughts on this. One is, I think one of the issues for this team, as opposed to maybe other teams around the league, is I really want to know what the Colts' identity is going to be. You know, this is a team that's literally changed quarterbacks every single year, right? They had, uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett. Then they had Andrew Luck, uh, they had Philip Rivers, you know, so on Carson and so Wentz. forth, Matt Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. Um, and and so I, w- I thought maybe after we saw Jonathan Taylor have such a spectacular 2021, that maybe this would be kind of like a Derrick Henry style team where they really build around the running back. But that just didn't really happen last year. And of course, Jonathan Taylor's got to be able to stay healthy as well, which is the difficulty of that position. But I think an identity. And is it the owner? is the owner the face of this franchise Be- because Maybe. he sure was out there a lot with, in regards to their <laughs> controversial hire, should we call it in 2022? Sure. And a big part of that was, Hey, we're hiring a former player because this is our, our identity Colts culture. Well, what is Colts culture? Yep. I, I, I don't know what that is. I will say though, before we get too far away from it, I think Carolina has a little bit of the same issue in that. I don't know that Carolina 100%. has a, a face of the franchise it used to Who's be christian a, mccaffrey right like right the last four years it was christian mccaffrey now who and then wins. it was right and before that it was cam and if, right. if it wasn't cam you could say greg olson or you know steve and smith. if you go yeah you go before that steve smith julius peppers and uh even moose and muhammad going back in the day like um so i think that's a little bit of an issue maybe moose and muhammad's a stretch but he's a good that's player right.
1: uh let's go Colts, to
0: your number two team re- really quickly in the Colts, so one yeah. thing i
1: will say is I'm curious to see what Shane does in, in addressing the lack of speed in this offense. I remember talking about this back in August. We watched the the Colts-Bills play week one of the preseason, and it was yep. alarming how much slower they looked in the yes. Bills. And the Bills had their second, third-string defense out there. The Colts were playing the first-string offense. So they've got to get faster. If they don't get faster, they have absolutely no chance.
0: It's too bad that they're not playing um, the Eagles in Indy for eight years. Uh, because if you know Shane Steichen something happens, you know, in terms of his employment, we wouldn't get Nick Siriani running to the sidelines, go, that's our Shane Steichen. You know, yeah. that would be really great. Yeah. That was my favorite. What a cheese ball.
1: Uh number two, moment Houston, of the year. <laughs> Houston Texans. You might be surprised that I have this one the side. It's D'Amico Ryan's. A little no. bit of a, a legacy hire, right? You bring back one of your best players in franchise history. So is Frank I- Reich. Yeah. Former Panther. Yeah, absolutely. I just think this is, we talk about having a face of the franchise. Houston hasn't had that for several years. And not only have they been bad, but they've also been boring. And that's the worst thing to be in the NFL. I think D'Amico Ryans gives them the type of leadership they need. I think he's built an awesome staff so far. Uh, I, I'm going to say the same thing about all these teams. You got to get the quarterback right. But I does feel like D'Amico Ryans has what it takes to be One of the few good defensive-minded
0: head coaches in the NFL. There was a time uh, where this team was not an easy, easy play in Houston because of their defense. Because you had J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless uh, on the edges. You had Jonathan Joseph and a decent secondary back there. And this team was not necessarily a playoff team because of its Quarterback play. I'm not talking about the Matt Schaub Texans. I'm talking about the case Keenum Remember where they went through a series of quarterbacks yeah, there it's David Clowney as well. Yeah. And they were able to put some good defensive performances together and make it into the playoffs. I would love to see that come back uh, to this team. I think you can win that way. Um, as you know, I'm a fan of the way the 49ers play. I think uh, Houston can play that way as well. And the players seem to respond to D'Amico Ryans. He's young enough and he's close enough to his playing career that I think it's still relevant for the players that he can relate. And I don't think you always need a young head coach because I know now I know who your number one is. But I think in a case where you have an outstanding player like D'Amico Ryans, it helps. It does help.
1: Uh, If the coaching
0: message is good, the players are also going to respond to the fact that you've been there, a la Mike Vrabel. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, you're fine. The one thing I was going to say is I I was really glad to see D'Amico Ryans get a six-year deal because what that tells me is the front office is going to give him some time to develop this. They know that it's not going to be a quick turnaround, so they're going to wait until year three before they really start making an evaluation of how D'Amico is as a coach, which I love. It's going to give him enough time to kind of weed out the players that shouldn't be there, build up the rest of the roster, and see what his identity
0: is as a coach. One more note on D'Amico Ryans. You know, people always tend to think of the quarterback as being the, the smartest player out there, you know, having knowledge of what everyone's supposed to do. I remember most Johnston talking uh, about this in his book uh, that came out about 20 years ago about understanding football more is that, you know, actually some of the smartest guys on the team are the offensive linemen and the linebackers. And you'll find that the really good middle linebackers. And I realize off the ball backers changed a little bit with yep. teams playing four two five and not like four, three Marcus, but, mm-hmm. um, that off the ball backer that had the green sticker has to know what guys are doing as well. And a lot of check with me's and you see this Mike Vrabel and D'Amico Ryans. I think they have the football IQ as well as the skins on the wall. And then also uh, he can say, Hey, look at what we did in the 49ers. Me as a coach, not just as a former player. So not that he's a look at me guy, but I I really love this hire.
1: Yep. All right. And number one, Sean Payton with the Denver Broncos. Now, I think Sean Payton is a little overrated when it comes to being a head coach. I think he's gotten by with some really good teams that have failed the playoffs and some teams that haven't even made the playoffs. Having said that, this is exactly what the Broncos need, right? They needed somebody with some some skins on the wall that can drop a ring at Russell Wilson and be like, you know what? This is not happening. You're doing things my way. We're not running the whole organization by you and your office assistant. And we're not coming to your office hours. It's my show. And I think that's why Sean Payton, I'm not sure it's going to work, but it's exactly the
0: type of coach they needed. Well, he's the kind of guy that can walk into a room and say that to Russell Wilson. Yep. Because if Russell Wilson doesn't listen to Sean Payton, uh, people aren't going to respect Russell Wilson. Um, it's not the other way around. Right. Yeah, you know, and, I, and I'm not insinuating that that Russell Wilson's doing that, I might add. Um, I'm just saying if 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 that's what's being speculated, a um, couple things on Sean Payton that I think he really deserves a lot of credit for. He was on the Cowboys staff for three years. He told Jerry and the Cowboys, your quarterback's in the building already when he left. He told them that, OK, they were they were rolling with Drew Bledsoe, but he knew that Romo was a better player than before Romo ever got on the field, yep. and then he tried to get Romo in New Orleans. Um, he didn't, but he got Drew Brees. And people need to remember that taking Drew Brees was a huge risk in two thousand six. Yep, uh, he had just had a shoulder injury in week seventeen for the Chargers that required surgery, which made AJ Smith all too happy to just let him hit free agency. We'll play Philip Rivers, and. What did the Saints do? They went out and made it to the NFC Championship. His first year, they they uh, lost to Chicago on the road, but had a great year. the The only criticism I would say is they could never quite get the defense right for a few years, where they were putting up all these points, you know, and they were going seven and nine. Yep, they did with Greg Williams, but we know kind Hmm. of as people would say, they did that by hook or crook. Um, You know, I I guess it. Uh, You know, I guess it depends on your perspective of that. Um, But by and large, I think this is a fantastic hire. And he's already got pretty solid defensive personnel. This isn't a deal where you've got to go out and rebuild the defense. We're not talking about the 2015 Saints here, you know, that's going to put up 30 points a game and give up 390 yards a game on defense. Um,
1: What do you think about? Them seriously considering Rex Ryan as their defensive coordinator because that seems like it's between Van jo- Vance Joseph, excuse me, and Rex
0: Ryan. Didn't Rob Ryan coach for the Saints? For yeah, a he did. He did. Yeah, I thought for one year he was there. That was a disaster. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, Rex Ryan's been away from it for a while now. Uh, Eight years. Vance, whereas Vance Joseph hasn't. But do I think that somebody can be away from a business? Uh, the, you know they need to step away because they're burnout or have other things going on, and then get back in and still be good. Sure, uh, am I speaking from some personal experience? <laughs> yes. So uh, it's just I, I don't hate it.
1: I don't hate it, but it's it's one of those ones. Like I don't know if it moves the needle a lot for me either. Right? Like I'd almost would rather see Sean Payton get a young uh, defensive minded guy than Rex Ryan because I feel like I mean, when you're out of the game that long and you kind of lose sight of the personnel and some of the evolutions that have happened in the NFL. You just wonder what it's going to look like.
0: Right. When Mike McCarthy did this, he took a year away from the league in 2019 to kind of study the game. Right. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, um, I don't know if Rex Ryan's doing that from the TV chair. Um, it's an interesting thought, man. It's a really interesting thought. Um, it got all Blair Witch in here. It just all of a sudden got like super dark outside. It's weird. I'm so scared. Oh wow. Well. Uh yeah. so there you go. you ever see Blair Witch? I did. It was a long time ago
1: in a treehouse. Um in a dream. Tree- <laughs> what? What? We, we have we have elaborate tree houses out here with like electricity and stuff. It was it was fun. Um, all right. Let's go over the top five again. Uh, yeah. Arizona Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon, Barry Matt Patricia E, if that's a word. Uh four, Carolina Panthers with Frank Wright. Three, the Indianapolis Colts and Shane Striking. Number two, the Houston Texans with D'Amico Ryans, which I actually like quite a bit. And then at number one, Sean Payton with the Denver Broncos. Any any problems there?
0: No, not really, honestly. Um I I have more of a question than sure. an argument here. Of these five teams which one do you think is the most likely to see noticeable improvement kind of like the Jags Sands Urban Meyer I'm not talking about record forget record just like wow this is a different football team Colts
1: I think Colts. the Colts were the, the most boring team in the NFL last year uh, the offense was so stale um, there was just nothing exciting about them at all I wouldn't be surprised if Shane striking comes in and makes that team just so much more dynamic and fun on offense.
0: That's interesting. I don't, you know, it'd be easy to say, well, Houston's going to play real hard. Hey man, Houston played hard for Lovie Smith and they just have you know, a talent deficiency. They do. Do you really think it's hopeless for the Cardinals? I mean, like, are we looking at five and 12 here? And you're pretty, you're pretty optimistic about the Cardinals five wins. Man, I told you like when we started doing this podcast and last year, I was like, brother, the Cardinals are not that good. I would tell you every week, every week, when we would do power rankings and everyone else would have the Cardinals at like one or two because their record was so good. I'm like, these guys just they're not that good a team, man. And uh it has fallen apart. I, I it, really think that Rams playoff loss was the kind of the they were already kind of declining, but that was the tumbling down to yep. me.
1: Yep. Uh, they've got some massive cap problems as well. So they've got a million free agents, including three offensive linemen. Uh, Two of their starting corners are free agents. Uh, They only have 13 million. On top of that, I think DeAndre Hopkins wants out. J.J. Watt retired. A.J. Green retired.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Kyler Murray's rehab is said to be going pretty slowly right now. You don't even have a backup quarterback on the roster. Like, how... I I struggle to see how this team as they're
0: currently constructed is going to get to five wins. No, I think that's fair. Um, that division, I, you know, the Rams aren't going to be as bad as they were last year. And you have two playoff teams in that. And no if way. Geno Smith, no if Geno Smith wasn't a one-year aberration, Seattle's not going anywhere. And we know the 49ers aren't going anywhere. So I'm with you. Um, last kind of question comment for me, you know, we could talk about new coaching hires all day, but really it's, it's, Everything around, it's it's contextually, what's going on with that organization. What's the cap situation? How many draft picks do they have? Uh, Are players going to buy in? How much experience do these coaches have? Which team do you think is just absolutely in the best position?
1: Of these five teams?
0: Yeah. Probably the Colts. Really? Not the Broncos? No, because I think the Colts have
1: the most flexibility right they have the number four pick they've got a bunch of cap space um their division is not great and I think that matters right like if you have the Chiefs in your division it's going to be awfully hard to kind of climb that mountain I just think the Colts between their defense is really good as well like they've got a lot of really talented players on that side of the ball Shaq Leonard also coming back this year uh hardly played at all last year I think it's the Colts Interesting. Interesting. They've got to draft a quarterback, man. Yeah. They've they've got uh, to do it. I've got a couple of questions I want to ask you really quickly. Yeah. Just so these are head coaching hires. Mm-hmm. Did you have a favorite coordinator hire? And I'll give you a couple just to refresh your memory. Um, Bill O'Brien was hired by the Patriots to be their mm-hmm. offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Yeah. The Chargers yeah. hired Kellen Moore to be their mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. Vic Fangio hired by the Vi- or sorry, by the Dolphins to be the defensive coordinator. Ryan Flores, hired by the the Vikings. Um, we also had Todd Munkin get hired by the, the Baltimore Ravens. Any of those stick out to you?
0: Yeah, two of them. Uh, so I appreciate you asking. Uh, Kellen Moore, I think, is a good hire for the Chargers. I, I think having a young guy like that with Justin Herbert is a good thing, and I think the Cowboys are really going to feel that one. But I'm mentioning that one more because I think the Cowboys are going to feel that sting more than... I think it's going to be great for the Chargers. However, Vic Fangio with Miami, I like a lot, and that would be my favorite one. Um, That defense can play better, and I think they could tend to be—occasionally we use the word grit, and I think they could use a little more grit, and I think they're going to get that from Vic Fangio. And the last time we saw Vic Fangio coaching a defense in the NFL, that defense was darn good. Um, yeah. Miami, I think is prime to repeat. That's why I just threw out Derek Henry as a possibility, but I get, I get your, your thought on fit, but yeah, I, I it, like Vic Fangio. The Vic
1: Fangio hire to me reminds me a lot of when Sean McVay hired Wade Phillips to be his defensive mm-hmm. coordinator, mm-hmm. right? Like, Hey, yep. I'm young and experienced. Let's get somebody who, you know, knows he's seen every single version of offense you're ever going to see. He's not going to be surprised by anything. He's going to run that side of the ball. And I can focus on
0: offense. I love it. I I think that's a home run hire for Miami. Yeah. No. It's it's. Um, I I mean I I think people have a right to be excited about the Dolphins uh, coming up. I, I'm I'm still concerned for Tua, quite frankly. And I do think at some point, and this isn't a Dolphins podcast. We have all offseason to talk about this, right? But it's not only fins. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good podcast. Go check it out. Yeah, you guys out there, y'all really need to quit spending too much time in your rooms with the lights off watching uh, Only fins Yeah, because don't do, that. don't do that. I mean, it's just Message too much, Jalen.
1: Brain.
0: Yeah, yeah, too much Jalen Waddle talk. You know, yeah, it's just it's it's too much. Didn't Tyreek Hill come into the league in 2015? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So you're looking at this being year nine coming up. That elite speed. I, you know, I know there are guys that, that can still fly, but Tyreek Hill has had the kind of speed that's made him the fastest guy on the field pretty much every time he steps on it. Gotcha. I think that's may go away a little bit. I think Mike McDaniel needs to learn a little bit from the mistakes he made late season. What are you smirking about? No, I'm just thinking of all the fans. It's fine. <laughs> that's why I like the Vic Fangio hire even more. Is yes. instead of like, hey, we need to go to Baltimore and have Tua throw for 450 yards, he even, you know, moon balls to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. We still have their speed. They could. St- I'm not saying Tyreek Hill can't play anymore, um but we can play a little bit different style of ball game. Yes. And again, that's why I like Derrick Henry maybe going there. But
1: uh, I, you know. I also, I mean, you put those pass rushers that that the Dolphins have with Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips and Christian Wilkins, and even if they mm-hmm. bring back Melvin Ingram, like. I think Vic Fangio is going to be able to figure out ways to be successful on defense. So I, I like that one quite a bit.
0: Yep. Seventh ranked defense come up this year. That's my prediction. No,
1: offense, I, but... if, if, hey, if they're the seventh round de- seventh ranked defense, I think they are a top three team in the AFC. Wow. Well, that's my final thought.
0: I always give you the
1: final thought on the podcast. Go ahead, sir. I, I just want to mention Kellen Moore because you brought him up, you know, with fit with Justin Herbert. And I think it's fantastic, right? Last year, Joe Lombardi, That offense was way too simple, way too many comeback routes, way too many you know, just underneath routes. While Kellen Moore does have a little bit of that in his coaching style, he's going to be far more aggressive targeting the middle of the field and using play action and knowing how to use the run. I think this is the year that Justin Herbert has an MVP caliber season where you see him throw 39 touchdowns and have 4,700 passing yards and the Chargers are the number one ranked offense in the league. I absolutely love
0: Kellen Moore to Los Angeles, and I mean Justin Herbert. I no criticisms here for anyone else. I'm just saying Justin Herbert is an elite, accurate passer. Absolutely, when he's yes. on, it's it's just a different ball game. And again, that's no criticism it's to anyone else. Perfect, he, it's a perfect fit for Herbert. Yes. Yes. Uh, so uh, we'll see how that works out. I'm. I'm. Of course, we got all excited about the Chargers last year. We were going to buy Park. We
1: were so kind of right though. Like, listen, this kinda. team made the playoffs despite having how many huge injuries.
0: Yeah, Courtney. When he Marcus starts defending uh, old, not solid takes, it's time to start running. The we made.
1: Hey, they made the playoffs. Uh, we were right.
0: For more of those mostly solid takes you can listen to locked on cowboys it's a daily cowboys podcast it's the best cowboys podcast in terms of listeners i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. he does that with landon mccool landon does a great job give him a follow on twitter marcus also writes for pff and covers the raiders for usa today he is at marcus underscore mosher on twitter i'm at harrison nfl on twitter and we really appreciate you guys uh, joining us we were uh what well, we are going to do a podcast later this week we're going to talk some football cards thank you yeah. so get your football cards out because it's gonna be fun take care everybody We'll see ya.